You're listening to Real Deals by Chloe. Let me give you the real deal behind the rental market. Not unlike Japan, our economy has shifted because of technology, but it's also because of the mindset. Millennials and Gen Z are moving away from the sales model and closer and closer to rentals. People want to co live, they want to co work, and they don't want to be wasting their money on homes as much as they want it on experiences. What has helped this move along has been technology. This is now an entirely different view on the real estate landscape. And with that in mind, the rental market has been drastically shifted as the technology disrupting this sector continues to emerge. This episode is slightly New York City based in terms of the most recent laws that were passed regarding brokerage commissions structure, and we are interviewing Nooklyn, a Brooklyn-based brokerage. Yet, you should listen to the whole interview to learn how they build their business in a way that will thrive and continue to grow, and perhaps you can implement that into your business practices today as well. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Moise Malik, the CEO of Nooklyn. I am grateful for your time and really excited to learn about your perspective on the market. Nooklyn is a tech-enabled brokerage based in Brooklyn, New York. Many brokerages say that they are tech-enabled, but I really have to say that they stood out to me as a techie and a geek myself that Nooklyn really has this incredible proprietary matching system that really helps create transparency for tenants in terms of finding yep yeah that's uh, so much of it is that most brokerages they started out in like the like the early 90s or even before that and so for them they're trying to retrofit technology into their current workflow rather than like nookland is something where we started with technology from the ground up and so from day one we were building our own website and all of that um, so it's it's something where like for a lot of brokerages they owe their success to the relationships that they formed in the beginning, whereas Nooklyn really owes our success to the technology that we built. Wow, interesting. So you're saying the fact that you built technology in terms of your own website and proprietary system, you've been able to enable uh, your longevity in the industry. Yeah. So because a lot of it is that. If you're in Manhattan, a lot of the time you're renting as a brokerage to just directly with like one tenant and maybe they're like partners or it could be their husband, it could be their wife. And so the transaction is much simpler. Whereas in Bushwick and the like artsy areas that we started out, uh, you have four or five roommates potentially living in a loft together and potentially even three of their parents guaranteeing the lease. And so now you have eight different people applying to basically live in one apartment. And all the paperwork that was required to do that was, it was just a mess. It was just a lot of work. Um, And so what we did is kind of build something akin to like the UPS uh, package tracker mixed with, um, what's the best way to describe it? Uh, Mixed with like Google Docs where they can kind of track their progress. They can see how the others are doing. And by making the process transparent of applying, it made it so that they trusted our company, but it also made it so that we didn't have to like print out thousands of paper and all that type of stuff. Right. 
So it's very interesting because one of the reasons that I love technology is for efficiency and for transparency. And what you've done is you've created transparency, not only for the tenants, but also for the landlords. And in the doing of this, you've also created a very safe way for people to move to New York City. So if I were a parent from Chicago and my you know, son or daughter was moving into New York and was going to go through the Nooklyn, uh, you know, roomy uh, system, I would feel safe knowing that you're working directly with the landlords and you're creating a transparent system that I can then go in and track it. Like you said, the UPS tracking and track where, you know, my child's application is holding, see who they're living with and kind of like get involved in the process. So that's really, really amazing. I, I really like that. And say, so this is what, and this is the reason why technology is disrupting, you know, real estate because it provides safety, it provides efficiency, it provides transparency, and it's not this dystopic view that you find very often in the real estate community. Right. I think just just to add on to that, like I, I think a lot about what the process was like before, and so mm-hmm. when I think about that, it's like say you're a parent and you're guaranteeing your child's apartment, you're you know, leaving work in the middle of the day, driving from your office potentially to the post office or the, sorry, the bank first, and then going from the bank to the post office, waiting in line in each stop and all of that. And then overnighting that bank check to New York City so that hopefully by the time that check arrives, that apartment like is still on the market because it could be that someone else just rents it before you got the chance to like mail that check. So not only is there an environmental like, aspect to it where you know they've the sheer amount of waste that goes into printing out that check and the gas that was used and on the flight to overnight that check there's the aspect of just not knowing that if you even got this apartment and if there's going to be another apartment available that's similar to it all of that confusion that used to be there we've taken out of the process so there was just a lot of stress uh in addition to the environmental aspect Right. Wow. So it's in addition to all of it, it really streams, streamlines the process and, you know, creates a little bit more of a guarantee. And to build on the dystopian thing, I think it's one of these things where technology is it's fundamentally it's a tool and it can be used to control people, but it can also be used to empower people. Right. Like there are so many people who have accessibility challenges that technology is truly their only way of communicating with the world. Uh, at the same time, China or other, you know, countries are developing social scores where, like, in certain cities in Shenzhen, for, exa- for example, uh, if you jaywalk across the street, they use face uh, detection software to analyze who you are and then instantly take the money out of your WeChat, which is similar to, like, Venmo or something. So within, like, 60 seconds of you, like, potentially committing a crime, the money's already out of your account. So there really is and Wow. <laughs> there really so there really is like an element where like that same software, however, could be used uh to keep people safe. At the same time it could be used to control people, right? Like the, the tool itself is agnostic. The how people use it is where what matters. And I think in real estate, a lot of people, especially like the salespeople, uh, a lot of companies have viewed, you know, their role as almost hostile to the agent. Whereas at Nooklyn, we've always viewed it as empowering them to be able to do more. Um, you know, we have 
salespeople who live in different cities or travel a lot who are touring musicians that it, they're able to sustain themselves and make income while traveling across the country playing music. I think, I don't know. So it's, it, it can be used to control people, but I think the more interesting aspect is how to empower different lifestyles. And that's something we try to do with Nukun. So that's beautiful. First of all, I, my mind is blown. It reminds me of that first episode in Black Mirror where everyone was socially scoring each other. And it's kind of scary that that is uh, somewhat of a reality right now. So, wow. Oh, it's, it's really like in, in China now too, just to build on to that, like it's like literally like your social score dictates uh, whether or not you can buy flight tickets or things like that. So if you have a really low score, uh, you're not able to buy a train ticket or a plane ticket. Uh, you have to like stay where you are and build up your score. So like, and, and some of the things that like people kind of forget, right, is that like the great firewall that, you know, restricts information in China was created by an American company, Cisco, which is also the thing that powers a lot of the routers in America. So like the tool itself, right is agnostic and can be used to like exchange information freely at the same time that same company is developing the tool for uh, china to be restrictive right yeah wow okay so um you know speaking of which i definitely i'm gonna you know try to do more episodes on this and i i did do a podcast on the type of tech tools um, agents can use that will help their business and increase their sales leads by 47% and decrease their sales cycle. And to be honest, that was the one episode that did the least best from all of the episodes. And mm. it was I found it to be quite interesting. But um, yeah, so, you know, hopefully slowly, but sh- slowly, but surely we'll continue to move forward and progress. But let's get back to what Nuklin is doing. So on top of that roommate, you know, system is that now you're also working really closely with the landlord. So you're providing landlords a highly effective service that I don't think a lot of other brokerages are doing. They're kind of, um, you know, and this is not at all like a, a pain point again against any other broker, brokerage or agent. I'm just saying that, you know, having the relationship that you hold with the landlord close to vest and really nurturing that and providing them with all of this transparency and add-on services. What is your perspective on the latest New York City law that is saying that uh, brokers and agents can no longer take any uh, commission from the tenants? And how has that affected Nooklin? Will it affect Nooklin? What's your opinion on it? Um, you know, now that you would that be just like another add-on service now that you can add? Like, is this something that will put you ahead because you already have nurtured such a highly effective like service for the landlords? What What's your perspective on all of this? For us, I think we're probably the only brokerage so far of saying that the, the change that the legislature just made of banning uh, broker fees is a good change. Um, mm-hmm. In that, like, I think a lot of, I think the, best way I can put it is that anyone who is in favor of it has never paid it themselves for, you know, for their own apartment, right? Like it's the type of thing that when it was announced, it was universally praised by literally everyone other than the real estate agents who were like using it to make, you know, income, right? Like normal renters or real estate agents who had to pay 15%, uh, especially the 15% like hated it, right? Because if you think about it conceptually, if in major cities, people spend somewhere between like 40 to 50% on their of their income on rent, 
spending 15% of your rent is like spending 8% of what you made the whole year. So it's, it, it's equivalent to like working the first month of your job just to pay the broker fee, right? And I think right. people, w- when you think about it just in the context of how it affects people's lives and their livelihoods, it's kind of insane because that money could be put to better use. Um, Nooklin, we're kind of unique, and I think this is true about a lot of the Brooklyn real estate companies in that we already, our business model was the owner would pay us. Um, and so for us, there's virtually no change in our business. Um, it was a very small percent where uh, the owner didn't pay us directly, and now we're adapting that model so that the owner does pay us directly. But it's a much simpler transaction if the renter only has to pay the first month in a security deposit, and that's it to move in through Nookland. So we built a payment service that they can do all that digitally. And so they can use their bank account or they can use a credit card. Um, and so we just made that safe and easy. And they're paying it through us, and then we're escrowing it until... And this is another pain point that a lot of renters had, I should say, is that by us being in the middle, we can ensure that say they want to back out, say something happens in their life where they, you know, maybe they get a different job offer that they want to take, that by us holding them, the, holding their money, we can easily pass it back to them if they choose to go somewhere else. Um, whereas it's much harder for them to try to get the owner to pay them back for that. Um, but but yeah, for us, the change is, I think, fundamentally good. Uh, I think, d- d- I can't think of another industry where it's like, if you go to buy an iPhone for like $1,000 and then the salesperson says like, well, how about 15% for me? It's like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no other industry like this. Like, the only one I can think of is maybe like car sales, right? And those, and it's like, the thing that I always have repeated to owners whenever like, these types of things come up. I just keep saying the fact, this is why people hate this industry, right? right? Car sales or real estate. It's because you leave feeling like, yeah, you got the apartment you wanted, but it's like that money should have been spent on making that apartment look nice rather than some agent. That's an awful experience. Whereas like to us, like we look at it as like, how can we make this easier for you? Right? So for again, for our business model, there's virtually no change. And I think that, a lot of brokerages who were premised on this will have to change their business model. Um, but I think that's fundamentally a good thing, right? Like right. It's, it's housing. In, like when I moved to uh, New York City personally, I lived with like four people in a studio and I remember trying to like get the money for the security deposit, but the, it was after hours. So the bank was closed and the ATM only gave out $500 and all, all this type of stuff that like has, it's like, if I had to like come up with 15%, I don't think I could have moved into the city. I think I would have to stay home for six months. And that meant that I couldn't start my company. So I think that, I think something a lot of people miss is the sheer amount of people who that 15% or the broker fee being collected from the tenant acts as a barrier to starting their career or starting a company or uh, moving to the city, right? And it's like, it forces them to potentially live at home rather than actually get their career started, which is a shame because, so I think there's a huge opportunity cost that people aren't really talking about. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, you know, 
I think also because this information is readily available and by information, I mean the inventory, it makes it even kind of worse that this is happening. Um, If it was, for example, I find an investment deal that's off the market and no one knew about it. And then you say, hey, I'm going to show you something that everyone wants, but I want like a 15% fee. I think people would be happy to to provide that for that information. But all of the rentals are readily available. They're all online. Right. Yeah, I think, again, it's like, it's inserting yourself where it doesn't need to be, right? And for us, like, uh, for example, like one of the, like, this is just one of these things I found in real estate, an area that we're really developing as a service and for as a broker to our owners that also helps our renters is a consulting service where we're helping owners choose the amenities that are inside buildings that are currently under construction. And that number one, it's like for a brokerage, it's a positive thing because we're getting this new source of income and it's helping us grow. But number, like there's another element to which like one of the features we always recommend is a co-working space. And because there's so many people who live uh, in Brooklyn who work from home or work from home a couple of days a week, a lot of them are paying a hundred to two hundred dollars for like a desk at like a co-working space. If their building offered that, potentially they can save two hundred dollars from that. And so, I think it, there are actually ways in which the brokerage model can be aligned with both the renter and the owner, right? So the owner gets a tenant who loves their building because it has everything they need, a gym, a co-working space, and you know all of that. The renter gets everything they want and like it actually can work. It just requires forethought and planning. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because I, um, I, I, I work with a lot of data, like data uh, analytics, and I was working with a developer in Williamsburg on North 4th Street, and they asked me to give them like interior design tips to like renovate the building. And the first thing I was like, turn that four person lounge into a 28 seat co-working space, put like four like phone booths in there, you know, like you do pop up amenities that like help the local community. And it, it's just like incredible that you guys are doing it because that is what technology is all about. Yes, there is those, you know, dystopic stories, but in reality, it's really helping create efficiency in like in this market. So, you know, my biggest question is, um, are, are you only in the New York market or are you in other markets as well? So we're very focused on Brooklyn and now we're actually in the process of expanding both into Queens, Manhattan and the Bronx at the same time. Um, some of that is through as a brokerage and some of that is uh, more so on the technology side. So we, we built all these tools for the last eight years for ourselves, And now we're in the process of opening them up so that other people can use them. And the first people that we started, the first group we started with was renters. And so uh, late last fall, we launched a service so that people can sublet through our uh, service. So the same tools that a real estate agent has to market their unit on Nooklin, now a subletter can use for free on Nooklin. And we're moving towards a model where owners could directly list on our platform. Because one of the things that we find is that a lot of owners will have their own leasing team that's on salary and they may not need the brokerage service, but they do need the software to help them uh, through that whole process. So 
uh, right, like the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're really uh, in the process of doing for the next few months. And that, that's how we're going to expand across the city and ho- over time, hopefully national as well. But we're very focused just on New York City. Oh, okay. Incredible. I mean, New York City is a whole, you know, beast of its own. Um, yeah. So I, I really like that new system that you're proposing. So with the laws being 30 days or more, and with the sublet, I don't know if it's going to be furnished or not, and the application fees are now only $20, This and and the removal of the commission, I think that living in New York will be exponentially easier. The barrier to entry will be much lower. And how do you see the future of real estate in New York City going? And by that, I mean purchasing versus renting, millennials, like first gen X, like what what is kind of like the movement that you see the future of real estate in New York City? If you look at other industries uh, and you just go like 20 years back, you'll see what's about to happen to real estate, right? So the same is true like for you know musicians, right? They sold $15 CDs and then iTunes came around and made it so that it was a dollar per track. And every track was a dollar and you could just download one track. You didn't have to buy the whole CD. And so one of the the core things I think is Steve Jobs has this quote that I love, which is cut margin, go for volume. I think that's the biggest thing that's going to happen, at least to like real estate industry and at least for brokerages especially, is that instead of thinking about how to make the most amount of money per transaction, we as a industry should be thinking about how can we facilitate as many people moving as possible and making just a small amount per, I think that's just a better workflow. That's how Nookland's business model has been premised since the beginning, uh, which is just thinking about helping as many people. Uh, and it's the same thing you see in like the app store where it's you know a free to uh, download, but then potentially there's in-app purchases if you need certain features. Um, I think that's the model that the real estate, at least the brokerage industry, will go down. Uh, it's going to be much. The barriers to entry are lower, and therefore you're going for transaction amount rather than per transaction volume. I think in terms of, so we we're also unique as a brokerage and a real estate company where we're hyper focused on rentals rather than sales. Um, what happens for a lot of brokerages is that. They start out thinking about rentals, they make a certain amount of money, and then they pivot into sales. And I think what it does is they kind of leave behind renters who actually need that service, right? And so as a result, I think that's actually like our opportunity that so many brokerages start out in rentals, pivot into sales, and leave behind rentals that the rental market is just like something where someone should be there to consolidate that market. So we're not very focused on sales. And I don't think that we will like probably do that for the next maybe even five, 10 years. I don't think that millennials and Gen Z are going to buy condos either. Right. Right. I think that all the trends point to that millennials and Gen Z and uh, that generation would rather travel with that money than like be tied down to a condo and pay like, uh, make monthly maintenance fees for that condo. So, like for me personally, like last year I spent twenty five percent of the year away, and I went to Bogota, Medellin, like all across the world. I would so much rather do that than uh, basically like put all my money down in a down payment for an apartment. 
I don't know. It was just like life is short and there's some element to which like there's a, a lot of experiences to be had and like having a nice condo isn't one of them. At least I think, and I think a lot of millennials think that way. So yeah, I agree. I'm actually on the same boat. Um, I'm from New York City. I'm a New York City uh, resident, and I'm actually in Austin right now. Hmm. So you know, I I completely agree with you. I think that there's a lot to learn, and there's a lot of perspectives to be brought together. And I think that when you are, and this speaks also for like the real estate agent broker market in New York City, is that when the view is way too singular. And if you don't pivot and you don't change and you don't adjust and not only pivot, change and adjust, but actually provide a service that will work with the changes, then you're just going to be left behind and traveling and seeing other markets, probably the best way to gain perspective. So I am 100% with you. I agree. The only investments I do are, well, the only purchases I do is for investments. I don't really purchase for myself. I just think that that's basically a liability. It's not an asset. Right. Yeah, like, I think like, it changes as you start to like, have a family and stuff like that. And I think, but again, like what you're noticing, at least in the data is that millennials and Gen Z are putting off marriage, and having kids too much later in their lives. So I think that there's just an element where like, 80 some odd percent of our customers are from 18 to 34. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're just hyper focused on the young professional market. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're not, again, like it's, Something where like the app, like you can get a studio for a million dollars in New York City, and that's like a you know, it's boggles my mind because like it's like a million dollars can get you a, like a whole lot more experiences, a much better lifestyle. Um, so, so I think as a result, like millennials and Gen Z and just younger people are going to share apartments, and I think the next thing that will probably change in this industry is how uh, the 12 month lease being such a standard. I really hope that because there's so many people who want to just be in New York City for three months. And uh, I know a lot of, I have a lot of friends who are in the performing arts where they'll get a play or something like that in Chicago. And suddenly they're acting as a landlord to sublet their apartment to someone else and it's like they're trying to collect rent and figure all this stuff out and i just think it's it's a very strange thing uh i don't know it's something that i find really weird that like like airbnb has like suddenly convinced a whole generation of people to become like free hotel workers and i think it's kind of strange i don't know so i think that the the hopefully the next big change will be the ability to move away from this 12 month lease that like someone should be able to do three or six months or things like that. Flexible leasing, I think will that's the thing I would say, that's the, probably the biggest thing consumers renters want. Right. And I always thought that if you, to add on to what you just said, if a company such as Related that has a large enough portfolio and you had a passport number with them, then why wouldn't you be able to move within their portfolio a state by state, you know, not necessarily one location. And I think that that's where software can come in, right? And I think uh, we're not there yet, at least in Maryland, like in the next couple of years, but I do think that's the type of thing we're trying to enable over the next five is something like that, that moving within the Nookland network. It's something that, I, like, that's what I want. Uh, a lot of my friends have, um, you know, I have one friend who's sold all of his things, put 
the rest into storage and he travels with his partner across the world and lives in a place for 30 days. I have another friend who sold all of his things and is in South, uh, Southeast Asia doing the same thing, teaching English on the internet. I think that there's that digital nomad life is increasingly becoming, you know, viable from a work perspective where more employers are enabling people to work remotely and more jobs are remote that housing needs to start catching up with that where people just want to live in a place for three months that should be easier uh and yes moving in within someone's network but i don't know i, I think like something like hotel tonight is more akin to what should what housing should be like right and and airbnb just purchased them so right and I think that's that that's the right model, right? Where you don't have to necessarily make that decision to ahead of time and all that type of stuff. Right. And I do think that some companies such as like Blue Ground and Saunders. Mm-hmm. But just to add on to that, we're working with those companies to help them list their units on our platform as well, because a lot of them, the only way that they can get customers is basically through Airbnb mm-hmm. and I think that there's an opportunity to just provide an alternative to that. I love that. I really do. I really love all that you are offering and bringing to the table. You touch on everything that matters to me, the transparency, the safety features, the, uh, the, the real level of customer service and focus on the consumer versus uh, what has been known in the industry as the focus on the broker and agent's life and what they want. So I really love that Oakland focuses on the consumer and providing all of that. And um, you really did give me the real deal perspective on the future of renting in New York City. I definitely want to also add in a quick shout out that you guys have one of the most incredible teams. I love the diversity in your team, you know, the hippie, the Orthodox Jew, the female. And like, I just think that that is really, um, you know, incredible, because there's been a lot of disruption in that area as well. And I think that feminine and masculine energy are character based, not gender based. And the fact that have that there just all in all Nookland sounds like the kind of company that uh, is really making an impact in the real estate industry moving forward. Just to build on that, I think a lot of like tech companies, they use this phrase culture fit. Mm -hmm. And as a way of hiring. And I think it's a very backwards way of looking at it and that yes. you should be hiring people who are different than you so that they bring to, to the table viewpoints that you don't have and that you can't have because you haven't had those experiences, right? Like, right. I think what culture fit really means is saying we're going to hire white straight men who listen to EDM or something. And like, that's basically what a lot of technology companies hovered on. And then as a result, when they make quote unquote diversity hires, it's something where that person now doesn't feel comfortable because 80% of their office is not like them. Whereas it's something I should say, like, it's not an intentional thing, but it's just something where I've tried to, at least in hiring, try to find people in just unorthodox ways, right? And so it's something where like, I met Stephanie through a friend of mine who uh, actually one of my neighbors who was uh, doing a photo session for a ceramics business. And Stephanie was uh, my childhood friends with the entrepreneur who started that ceramic business that I think there's, if I would attribute it to one thing, it's a focus on design and uh, aesthetic over just purely quant 
And that like, I think that's one of the reasons Snooklin has succeeded. It's just that focus and sweating the details. Um, and then as a result, you attract more people like that. Like those are the type of people who then apply to our company. Right. Absolutely. So if anybody wanted to find your website or the roommate matching system or to sublet their apartment, it's all under one URL, nooklin.com, kind of like Brooklyn without the BR. Okay. And it's, and it's also in the app store. You can do everything on the website and on the app. Oh, amazing. Incredible. Thank you so much for your time. It was really interesting to hear all of Thank this. You. That's a wrap, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. You can check out their website at nooklin.com. Moise is a fascinating person. I very much enjoyed this episode, and I hope that you did as well. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, please reach out to me. There is a lot of requests for information. I People ask me to talk about data and privacy. If that's something that you're interested in, please like, subscribe, or email me and let me know what kind of topics you are looking forward to, and I will try to queue them up accordingly. Have a great week.